Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Landonicio, Tom Bradley, me, Mark Clemente. You know, I got to tell I look forward to this every week. It helps get me through the week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, it's nice hanging out with you two for an hour or so, but just to be able to talk sports for an hour and get some input and insight from you guys, and as we've learned through the past, what, 18 shows that we've done, uh, you've you've certainly opened up my mind to different thoughts and different ideas. I was just thinking about that today, so I wanted to toss well, that out. Well, this is actually the show. only time I can actually talk to you without breaking up. <laughs> For whatever reason, every time he calls me, because That's he, lives Murraysville. Out, yeah. he lives out in Murraysville, uh, the, the call right. drops every single time I talk to him. So this is really the only time I'm interrupted. Yeah. yeah, so once a week, nice. this is what I look forward to. I get to see him face-to-face, and the conversation won't break up. And the other nice thing is uh, we're getting a lot more feedback from people. Yes. It's nice to hear – and some constructive thoughts coming in, and you're going to yeah, actually, hear more yeah, about a that. A buddy yeah. of ours that we graduated high school with uh, wanted us to do a segment uh, down on the farm. Mike DeFlippo decided he, he wanted to learn a little bit more about what our minor league players are doing for the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pirates. So this week we're going to talk about at some point the uh, the pitchers in our minor league system and where they stand right now. And we have some people that actually have requested to come hang out while we record the show. So all positive, we're going to keep doing it for you, and hopefully we'll get better and better every week and make it more entertaining every week. So, Michael, you mentioned the Pirates. Let's start there. A lot of optimism. You heard it on the podcast last week. And I I think the optimism remains. uh, But the past two games, frustrating, to say the least, for me. Um, You know, you're seeing – and I think that's what it's going to be. You have young players. It's not always going to be peaches and cream. They're not – every game they're not going to continue to improve and perform. They're going to have their bumps. But also, it's not just the, the younger players, Michael, is it? No, it's absolutely not. I mean, watching today's game, they lose three to one. Um, they have what inning was that? Time? Thirteen strikeouts. Too. Thirteen strikeouts on top of it. I, I think it was the fourth inning when I I, I don't know if the the sports betters books like uh, DraftKings or anything took any kind of bets on Yu Chang and Michael Perez <laughs> getting back to back hits. I mean, you got a better chance of hitting the friggin' lottery yeah. than that happening. We had first and third, and Hay strikes out, Reynolds strikes out. And Vogelbach rounds out the first. Those kind of things, you've got to get those kind of And those of are three across. veterans. And those are veteran yep. players. We're not talking about the Zawinskis and the Marcanos and the Mitchells. And now Swaggerty. Now Swaggerty's here. And it, 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 that's the frustrating part is it's not the young kids that are frustrating us. It's the guys that have been here that mm-hmm. should be proven veterans. We're putting too much pressure on these young guys to come through. I mean, Mitchell came through last night against right. Tarek Skubel, who was – I think the opposing left-handed hitters were hitting 138 off him. He hadn't given up a home run to a left-handed hitter all year. And Mitchell hits a single, and then he drives in uh, uh, drives a home run, run for mm-hmm. a two-run homer. I mean, when those guys are carrying you, it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be looking for the rest of this year is the ups and downs of these young players. I mean, you have guys like Mitchell last night. Uh, Sawinski hits the walk-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the weekend and stuff like that. I mean, and those are the highs. And then you're going to have just awful swings and awful approaches that I saw in these last couple games. But again, when it's the young guys and stuff like that, I got no problem with that. Now, today's game, what I was frustrated with was was Vogelbach. I mean, I have no problem with him being on the roster, and I understand that he serves some kind it's of It's something. Purpose. Now, at least we're calling him by his last name and not the softball player. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, he's, I, I feel bad. I apologize to his mother for calling him the softball player for all those days. But, like, today, I mean, Vogelbach came up in two important situations against left-handed hitters. And, I mean, he yes, he somehow walked in the ninth inning to get on base. <laughs> But that was because the four pitches. I mean, the guy I would have just you know a, a guy that was you would have taken. Yeah, I mean those weren't exactly you know Tony Gwynn eyes that were standing up or taking those pitches. Um, you know, I, I don't understand some of the some still some of the strategy with with you know we were taking Michael Chavis out against the right-handed batter. Well, I mean, as soon as Vogel he had a rough started, day yesterday. As soon as, Vogel, as, soon as Vogel Vogel came strolling to the plate, you knew he didn't have a chance. Why not give Chavis a chance there after a rough night last night? To come in and mm-hmm. taking a bat. Now he wound up pinch hit later on in the game, um, but still, I, you know those kind of things. I want to see young kids su- succeed or fail. I'm okay with that. But the Yu Changs who, oh, made- by, by the way, Tom, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the, the, do you ever think we get to the point in our podcast? That Yu Chang makes Josh Van Meter look like Wade Boggs. Yeah. Did you ever think, think we get to that point? They found the well, guy to do it. I tell you what, if I was. Another member of the Pirate team that was an actual player yesterday. 
Yu Chang in the – it was late in the game. I was late. I was half asleep. But, I mean, Yu Chang took a relay in short right field and threw the ball and almost hit the third base coach. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't even know why he was playing second base. I mean, uh, again, you know, uh, the Pirates have gotten away from everybody has to play a position. You get a free hot dog and a concession stand punch card. But now Yu Chang at second base, I mean, this guy just shouldn't be in the lineup, period. And he's playing every day now, and he's moving all over the field. But that throw, I, I couldn't fathom what I had saw in, over that last night. And, you know, I, I want to see the kids play. I want to see the youth and, and figure out, like we've talked about a hundred times, let's figure out who's got a future and who doesn't. I mean, we're starting to see some of that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to see guys like you, Chang, you know, get in the lineup whatsoever. No, I agree. And for me, the most frustrating player has been Brian Reynolds. Who is this guy? I think everybody has to be asking themselves that. Who is this guy? It's 2020, the COVID year. I know, Michael, you want to ignore that I, short I'm, year. I, yeah. he, had, he was awful. He couldn't work himself out of it. And it wasn't like it was 20 games. It was still 60 games, and he couldn't work himself out. No, and that's the part that bothers me, too. And, Michael, I know you're. I know the COVID year was a year, weird year for everybody, but that was 60 games that, that, right. he, that he was awful in. Well, guess what? We're at 63, get, 64 games now. And he's been I mean, awful. That's 37% of a baseball right. season. That's yeah. not a small – He's killing that's it. That's not a small sample. I mean no, – Like you said, runners on the corner, he strikes not, out. No, he's I'm been doing that excuses. so often. And the problem is is that he looks uh, – I mean, I don't know if he's hurt. And, and, and yeah. you know, if he is, I, I you know, and I, I he's still going out and playing, that's one thing. He helpless but, on some of these pitches. Yeah. Some of yeah, his swings does. and stuff like that. He looks completely overmatched. And for a guy – that was a starter in the All-Star game last year to this, you know, if you want to be the guy and you want to make that kind of money and you want to mm-hmm. be the face of a franchise, you know, consistency's got to be in a part At of it. Bingo. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, COVID year aside, we're over 60 games again, you know, and again, 60 out of, you know, you play 60 games out of 162 seasons, that's 37% mm-hmm. of your games. That's a big, that's a big number. Right. It's a big number. And this is now two years out of the last three where there is a significant stretch of the of a, of a season that he has struggled. And that's a concern and, for me. It's a big concern. It's a huge concern for me. Concern no, 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 for me. And, and I wonder, Michael, if this can, mentally, if it's going well for him, it's going well. It's great. And he, but when he's going – and it's poor, he does not – he can't figure out how to get out of the funk. No, I, I agree with that. That part, I, that assessment, I do agree with. Um, and Tom's right, 60 games, but the way it was played, there were other players, not right. just Reynolds that year, that had seasons, off years, off years yeah. quote unquote off years, because they started the first 20 games in a bad stretch and then they were trying to make it up and it kind of kind of snowballed mm-hmm. on them. So, but to, to your point, yes, I, I think he's, he struggles to figure out the answers. To yes. why he's yes. in the funk, and that's where we're at this year. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, as much as I, we want to sit here after a two-game losing streak, especially to Detroit mm-hmm. at home. Detroit's the worst team Dude, on yep. the road. Um, I, I, you know, I looked up some stats because I know you you don't like Oscar Marine, and I'm not I'm not a huge. Well, fan. I was actually going to give him some props so here, today. So go ahead, thing. I was going to turn. That's so where the optimism over, for over me the last was coming. fourteen days. The Yankees had the best ERA mm-hmm. in baseball, which is 206. Mm-hmm. The Pirates had the second best at 233. I mean, so the pitching right. is starting to come around. You've seen it today. Keller, okay. six innings. Yeah. Made two mistake pitches, two flat sliders that, that didn't have any mm-hmm. movement on them. Uh, Cam Diaz, or Camp Cam Diaz. Um, yeah. uh, what's it? Mike Cameron's son. Daz, uh, da- Daz, Daz Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. Hits a ball down the right field line on an 0-2 pitch. Mm-hmm. And then he made a mistake to uh, – Meadows on another pitch that didn't break, and he missed it going out by like a quarter of an inch. But Keller's starting to come around. Uh, Quintana wasn't Zach very Thompson, good last. Yeah. Zach Thompson's been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, absolutely fantastic. The bullpen for the most part Perfect. today, yeah, Crow gave up the run. But we're putting so much pressure on this pitching staff because the hitting isn't right. there. And the hitting isn't there because the big guys that are supposed to be doing what they're supposed to do aren't doing it right now. Well, and speaking of pitching, Michael, why don't you take us down on the farm? Let's look at the minor leagues and what do we have coming? You know, what are we seeing in terms of arms in the minor leagues? Well, let me can I interrupt yeah, you for one sure. second? Yeah. One more thing about today's game that Michael and I were talking about before the thing went on that I wanted to get your opinion yeah. on because it was a very 
frustrating part of the game. Yes. I don't know if you watched it because you were working. Right. Yes. But Brian that. Reynolds dove for a ball in the outfield. Yes. That was clearly, to me, live short hopped. Yes. I never thought that he caught And they him. called him out. Right. They called yeah. him out in the play. So then they go to replay. They say he didn't catch the ball. And then they award right. Detroit first and second base. Even though Reynolds got up, threw the ball, stepped on second base, you know, so – it should have been an out at second base. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you can if you call him out live, I don't know how you reg I don't know how you can regulate that. But man, I mean and, and that run that, that that would have been an out right. there is mm-hmm. the guy that scored to make it two yeah. one. Yeah. That's a big play. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure what the right way to legislate that is, but I know that that sucks for the right. Pirates. Yeah. And it really puts Detroit you know, if if an out call is made, it puts Detroit in the best possible scenario. Um, you know, they, they all right, we're either out, like we said, or now we're getting this. Whereas if the umpires call that safe. And the Pirates did the right thing on that play. Yeah, he the that's ball what I mean. Because yeah. yeah. he wasn't short right. about it, but he yeah. calls them out. So right. he yeah. could, umpire calls them out. So that, you know, the Pirates are the only ones that could get screwed in that call now. Right. Yeah. If he calls them safe. He comes up, chucks the ball in, and he's forced out in second or whatever. Right. The out's recorded the right way. I don't know what you do in that, and this is one of those little quirks with replay that brings replay in after the fact. But, man, I, I just thought the Penguins or the Pirates really got screwed well, on that you're, call. You're saying, you know, rule it just like you would in the NFL with a fumble. If you're not sure, let the play play out and mm-hmm. let the replay, right. you know, right. dictate what should have happened. Yes. You know, if you're not sure, you just say – Mm-hmm. Safe, and then he throws the second. You got the eye, and then if he did wind up catching it, then you right. just reverse it. Yeah, because live. I mean, you were watching it live. Yeah, right? yeah. Didn't yeah. you think he? I thought it was a trap off the ball. I thought it was I a did trap too. Live. Yeah, I, yeah, it was a. And trap. that's on TV. You right. know, I mean, and that's the consensus. You know, if you read Twitter, which I do pretty religiously, um, everybody thought it was a trap initially. So that umpire blew the call, which. In some subsequent podcast here, folks, we have to talk about umpires and specifically the robo-ohms behind the plate. Oof. This weekend, I had, I had to call Michael. I was furious. Smoke was coming out of my ears. These home plate umps are, you know, no offense to them. They're older. Look, I'm, I'm a, we're almost 50, guys, right? Our eyesight is not what it was when we were 18 playing. These guys, and they're throwing harder than they ever have, and there's more movement to, than there's ever been. They don't, they can't, I mean, what, what, what game? It was Saturday's game. Yeah. And yeah, that umpire, Mike Ansania, yeah, it, 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 it's blew four calls well, in the first one, two we've innings. We've seen a bunch of them today. I mean, Tommy and I were watching the game before we came in here on replay. Yeah. And, um, you know, Mitch Keller throws a slider to uh, Javier Baez. I mean, it couldn't be any more than a strike. I mean, there was. Right. I mean, it was so blatant that it was a strike. He called it a ball. We have, we'll talk about and that. We we'll put that on the list yeah. for next week. Actually, is that I want that, That's got to be a topic. Yeah. But I, I honestly think today's play in that. And I think Michael, you're right. I think the umpire on those kind of bang bang calls, you just got to either make no call right. or just a safe call, and then figure right. it out right. from right. there. Because that's so we the have only, the technology. That's right. the only way you right. can you can make that fair because the pirates really got screwed and it wound up costing them yeah. a run. Now you still have the chance. It was it, would, it was. Well, First and second, nobody out. So you still got a chance to get out of it. But the reality of it is that the guy that should have been out one yeah, way or right. the other scored the winning scored, run. Scored the go ahead run. Yeah. So yeah, thanks yeah. for bringing that up. That's yeah, a, yeah just, that was the no, big was play. Awesome. Play. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you watch a lot more baseball yeah. than I do, but I can't ever remember seeing a scenario like that happen. No. And, uh, you, you know, that's one of those right. things that if I was Major League Baseball, I'd figure out a better Well, and if it's a pennant race, if you're a good team, short, that's going to, yeah. Short as hell, that's the kind of thing that happens in Game 7 mm-hmm. of the World Series. and you got a problem. Right. Yeah, then yeah. you got a problem. Tigers and Pirates, nobody's yeah. going right. to right. Yeah, exactly. All right, Michael, back to you. Pitching down on the farm. So, down on the farm. How are we doing so far this year? Uh, we got some We got some okay, <laughs> and we got some bad. I, yeah. Um, the Pirates minor league system, obviously, is – flush with more talent than it had two years ago. But the pitching is still lacking. Now, a lot of that has to do with some of the acquisitions that Ben Charrington's mm-hmm. made over the last two years, which we're going to get into mm-hmm. in a little bit here. Um, so it moves some of the pitchers that were in our top 30 prospects on MLB Pipeline out of the top 30. Mm-hmm. Now, at the low level, Bradenton, there's not much. Uh, Justin Mize, who was a 10th-round pick out of Eastern Michigan last mm-hmm. year, um, was having a decent season at Bradenton. Now he's a little bit older. He's 23, so he's at low A. Uh, 351 ERA. Um, they just bumped him up to Greensboro. Um, he's not in our top 30, but we got a, an intriguing guy there, and you and I talked about him last year, 
Po Yu Chen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an international signing. Now his ERA doesn't look good. He five seventeen ERA at Bradenton, but he has forty seven strikeouts in thirty eight and a third inning. Um, he has a chance. He had some good outings, mm-hmm. some not so good outings. So at Bradenton, and well, and then you and also have the big name, Anthony Salmento. Yes, um, they just he looks great. He so looked far. great so far. He's only pitched seven innings, but he looks the part from the left side. He and does. We need left-handed starters, um, and he's our number eight prospect in MLB mm-hmm. pipeline. If you move up to Greensboro, um, we have Nick Garcia. Mm-hmm. who was a top 30 prospect last year. I think he was number 23 or 24. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's that's the case. He's having a pretty solid season, 379 ERA in 40 innings pitch, 44 strikeouts. The walks are on a little on the high side, 18. Um, if you go through the Pirates minor league system, which I did yesterday and, and took all the pitchers mm-hmm. that I thought were key, one thing that's alarming me is the walk rate. Um, we're, we're seeing three and a half to four walks per nine innings. That's not going to get it done at the major right. league. Right, and I think that, and you can weigh in on this, and Tommy, you too. We've talked about this, right? I think these kids want to throw the ball so hard. They want to, you know, it's spin rate, spin rate, spin rate on their off-speed stuff that we've forgotten about the art of pitching, which is what? Mix up speeds, go inside, outside, change levels. Which, which is coming back, Mark, because yeah. if you look at uh, the pitcher from the Yankees, Nestor Cortez. Nestor, right. Um, he only throws 91, 92, mm-hmm. uh, but he throws a cutter. He mixes speeds. Um, the kid from not a kid, he's a kid. Does, uh, uh, Martin Perez, mm-hmm. another one, not a flamethrower, ninety ninety one, mm-hmm. um, and those two have the best ERAs in baseball right now, and neither of them throw anywhere near ninety five miles an hour. Right. So that's the alarming part. Yeah, these the, kids haven't learned the, the, that. The, the, these the kids, art of pitching. I mean, yet. I'm seeing three and a half to four walks per nine innings, and that's an alarming rate. <laughs> right? You don't want to see that. The one intriguing prospect at uh, Greensboro, high A Greensboro, is Jared Jones. He's our number 12 prospect. He was actually a lot higher last year, but then mm-hmm. we had an influx through trades. He struggled this year. Another one with about four walks mm-hmm. per nine innings, but he has 59 strikeouts in 43 innings. At low, at the A level, we don't have much. Right. I mean, it, it, so we're, we, and, and it looks like this draft, which we're going to talk right. about in future podcasts, is laden with hitters. So the Pirates aren't going to take a pitcher in the first round of this year's draft either. So at some point, we're going to have to start. Well, I think at some point, you need to – it's all about asset management. Tommy, you touched on this last week. You have a glut of middle infielders. Use one of those. Hopefully they develop. And, you know, a Diego Castillo or somebody else, for example, when O'Neill Cruz comes up, they become expendable and you get some arms. And I think that's what they're going to have to do because you're right. Same as you when we were talking about – the minor leagues. I was doing a little research as well, and wasn't impressed, quite honestly, no, the, with the, the arms that we have. The, the pitching, the pitching, especially at the low levels at Bradenton mm-hmm. and Greensboro, there's not a ton there. At Double A Altoona, we got we got That's some where guys everybody where, is. where these guys are on the doorstep of making the next leap, and uh, eventually will be here next year. You got Mike Burrows, who's pitching. He's probably mm-hmm. our best pitcher in the minors this year. If the season were to end today, yep. if we had another COVID strike season. Mm-hmm. He would be our minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, 45 innings, 57 strikeouts, 236 ERA. He's our number 11 prospect. You got uh, number 14. Now, Mark, you got to help me with the Polish yeah. last name. Carmen. Mlodzinski. Mlodzinski. He struggled a little bit, but he's over a strikeout per nine. He's our number 14 prospect. And then a guy we got in a trade, and we're going to talk about That's that next. Yeah. Kyle Nicholas has a 398 ERA at Altoona. 40 innings, 54 strikeouts, 16 walks. Um, he had one really bad outing at the beginning of the year. We gave up seven earned runs, and I think in the two and a third mm-hmm. inning. So you take that out, the ERA is even lower. And then we did flip one of our guys at Double uh, A Altoona, who was a previously a starter, Tajay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved him to the bullpen, and the results haven't been much better than they were as a starter. The kid throws he's, the ball. Yeah, unfortunately, wall. he's flaming out. He's pitched pun, eight, pun eight, intended. He's pitched 18 innings. He has 15 strikeouts and 11 walks. That reminds me of watching Austin pitch his freshman year at Chatham, which is not a compliment. Um, and we got a couple. We have nobody at AAA. So everybody at AAA is a what we call a quad four player right. guy mm-hmm. that if somebody gets hurt, you bring them up because they might be on the 40 man. But there are no prospects at, at AAA. Um Contreras was the only one that was there. Obviously, now he's back in the majors and doing what he's mm-hmm. he's been doing. 
We still have Quinn Priester, who I heard he is should pitching be, yes. in the Florida Gulf Coast League this week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brennan Malone, we're going to mention Well, that him. kid, he hasn't been healthy since we acquired him no, from the Diamondbacks. And he pitched yesterday with uh, – I mean, I don't – those guys in the Florida Gulf Coast League is like watching high school baseball. I mean, right, yeah. There's errors all over the place. He pitched three innings. He struck out four. He gave up three runs. None of them were earned. I'm not sure what the hell the, the fielding was was happening there. But those two guys are two guys to watch that are back on the men. But Priester, obviously, he's our he's number there, four yeah. prospect overall, and I think he's number 65 in the top mm-hmm. 100 Major League Pipeline. So Priester got to get back healthy, and then we might have him and Mike Burrows next year in a rotation mm-hmm. moving forward. So that's my take on the Pirates minor league pitching to this point this year. Wasn't there – isn't there a guy uh, in there somewhere? Because I've heard Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette bring him up a couple times and somebody that we might see this weekend. I get these – I think I get his name confused. There's a, is there a, there's a Cody Bolton? Cody, Cody Bolton. Bolton. Uh, yeah. You're right, Tom. You're right. That's yeah. the one that I think is so, doing – He was hard. Wasn't he coming up? Was it Tommy John or Co- was it something yeah. else? Cody Bolton coming into last year was our number 11 prospect, mm-hmm. and then he didn't pitch last year. He had the Tommy John so, surgery. Yeah. He's actually at AAA. I Paul, thank you for uh, bringing that up. Um, he's having a fantastic year. The problem is he's on a pitch count. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he was at forty, then he was at fifty, then he. I mean, I don't know what his pitch count is at this point, but the innings he's pitched at AAA so far, um, and they they've been using him as a piggyback. Mm-hmm. I think he started a couple games and then came in in the third and pitched third through the fifth. Um, he's been really good. When he's ready, I'm not sure. But he could be a guy. That was one guy we possibly could see this year on top of Contreras already being right. here. Good point, Tom. Yeah, because I saw, you know, because the Pirates are facing four against Atlanta. And then is it a four ga- three-game series with four games, or is it a four-game series with five games with St. Louis? I think it's four. There's a doubleheader yeah, in there for sure. Yeah. But anyway. Four days, five games in four, four days. days. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I think it was Mackey that was referencing that they're going to need a starter. And maybe, you know. It'll be more chance. I hope it's not one of the mother jabrones. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the pitching at Triple A, I mean, it's it, it's gone awful. <laughs> and and you, you mentioned the trades, uh, Michael, and, and Tommy had a great idea this week to just take a minute here on the podcast and go back and let's not necessarily evaluate. I don't think that's the right word in this case, but just revisit all the trades that Charrington has made in his time here. Because as we see these younger guys coming up, and we hear you talking about him, Michael. We lose track. Was this a draft pick? Did we acquire him in a trade? So that's what we're going to do now. Uh, and thank you, Michael, for pulling those all together, You're doing welcome. the homework for us. Tommy, you were going to kick us off here and say something? Yeah, what I was thinking about this past week, you know, and we're let's face it, we're in the dog days of uh, sports talk here. I mean, the Penguins are essentially shut down. The Steelers are one practice away from shutting down for two more months. Um, there's just not a lot of news. And one thing that's been coming up is the Pirates. I mean, I think more and more people, I, even even in the, the beer distributor, when I have the Pirate game on, there's more and more people referencing them, talking about them, curious about them a little bit. And, you know, as I, as I start to follow them a little bit more closely, you know, there's guys coming up every week, you know, two, three, four guys. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, every time they come up, I think to myself, you know, all right, how did we get this? You know, and if you're watching a – Watching a hockey game and a guy come up, you know, they, they might call up three guys a year, and you know pretty much where those guys came from. Mm-hmm. Steelers, they don't have a minor league system. But in baseball, it's unique. I mean, you get, you know, you're, you've got literally a couple hundred players in your minor league system. Well, where the hell did they come from? And the Pirates have used 45 players already. Right. Already, yeah. and, it's, and, it's, and we're barely into June. So right. when these guys come up, like, you know, uh, Travis Swaggerty coming up, and Zawinski, and Cal Mitchell, where do these guys come from? And if, if they're trades, what, you know, Everybody always, everybody can recite all the players that go uh, leave the Pirates and yes. go do something. Well, what about the guys we got back? So I thought it was a good time to let's let's take yeah. a look at some of the deals that he's made over these last couple months. Let's let's see what we got yeah. and just take a look and see. I mean, none of them are going to be final grades yet, um, but, but we're starting to see, and a yeah. lot of them are already here. It's a so good time we can't evaluate it to some point. Yeah. yeah, you can start to see. Okay, you know, yeah. I get this. You know, everybody's everybody on talk radio has no problem quoting the Tyon and Cole and. Musgrove, we you know we traded all them. Look how great they are. Okay, that's true. But what did we get in return? So that's what we're going to look at. Right. And thank the Michael. He went through and you know did he did did his own and, homework. And, and, made it nice and easy for us. It's in a spreadsheet. Yeah, I have zero. Like yeah. zero. Yeah, sports is his life. How fast you came? Yeah, it was up it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, Tommy came up with the idea. We all agreed on it, and Michael had it back. It was twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. it was literally it was yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, you have the spreadsheet in our inboxes ready to roll. So we're going to start out with the one that I'm going to be a little biased that I love, that I thought was a home run, uh, and is it's already paying dividends for the Pirates. Adam Frazier went to the Padres, and everybody's up in arms. Adam Frazier had a couple, what, nice year and a half for the Pirates, was an all-star. For Tucapito Marcano, who's up and has done some great things already, bright future there. Mitchell Miliano and Jack Sawinski. Uh, so, listen, that trade I can already say right now was a huge success. Uh, we're seeing dividends from from Sawinski and, and Marcano already. Frazier's now playing for the Mariners. Well, and, and that that's the point that frustrates me so much with the Pirate fan base here. They always say we trade our best players away. Was Frazier having a good year last year? Absolutely, he was having a really really solid year. He has zero power, zero speed, and he's just an average defender. He wind up hitting really well for us. Mm -hmm. We trade him to the Padres, and then by the end of the year, couldn't even get in their lineup. They trade him away for basically nothing. So they gave us two of their top 12 prospects for a guy that's just an average player. player. Right. Yeah, so if you're wondering, Tommy, your point, Mercano's up, Sawinski's up. They came in the Adam Frazier deal. Uh, that's already paying dividends for the Pirates, yeah, and for that's, sure. You know, and, and again, I, I'm with you, Pirate fans, when it comes to the frustration with Nutting and the ownership and what he did the last time we put all this together, and the, and the willing, the lack right. thereof, a willingness to spend money and, do and all add that to right, stuff. right. So you got to, with me, take that out. This isn't what we're talking about right. now. This is a new regime. And, you know, I've heard a lot of Pirate fans tell me, well, you know, he didn't do it last time. He didn't spend the money when they got good. Well, he did spend some money, but he didn't spend enough to keep it going. So keep that out of this. This isn't what this is about. This is a new management team. And let's see. Charrington, to me, has is doing exactly what you should do. He's asset managing. And, you know, that's what we're looking at. Adam Frazier was a nice story. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a nice little player for he, the Pirates. He was a nice little player, but he was not going to be the guy that was going to be here in two or three mm-hmm. years. You flip him at his highest value to a mm-hmm. team looking for something, you know, to get them over the hump. And you, for two months of him playing for San Diego, we were able to get two guys who are one in Sawinski, who looks like he's going to be have a nice potential, you know, some power and things like that. It's tied and, with Julio Rodriguez right. for the and, and, home run lead for rookies. For rookies, right. I mean, quite honestly, if you, we would have gotten Sawinski or Marcano Straight up. for, for right. Frazier, I'd be okay with this deal. Right. You got two of them, and then you still have this uh, Michelle Molimiliano, which, I mean, he's that's just a lottery ticket, you know. Yeah. Right. If, if he comes he through, out as a bullpen yeah, pitcher, yeah. fantastic. So, I mean, to me, that's exactly what the Pirates should be doing. You right. take somebody that's not a part of the future – you trade them at his highest value and flip them for, for assets. And that, that's, a, that's a great job there as far as I'm concerned. So that's a win for the Pirates. Yeah. yeah. And then I was going to – do you have something to say about this one, Mike? Because no, no, I was going to talk about the other trade with the Padres. Yeah, and, that, and that that's Musgrove. my favorite trade. Yeah, okay, that's good. My, even though so let's just to remind everybody, you had Musgrove and Joey Lucchese. Well, I love that name. He sound, he's the soprano guy, right? For Bedner, best closure in the game, one of them. Uh, right now, Hudson Head, who was going to be a key component of that, he was that their deal. number four prospect. Right, number the four prospect at the time. He's in High A Greensboro still. Drake Fellows. I, I, I <laughs> Mike, we're going to find <laughs> on this. So Drake, so, if you're out there, Drake, are let you us know. Still playing professional <laughs> right. baseball anywhere? Could you give us a shout out yeah. and let you know? Let us know because please. there are no stats on you. Fell into the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> of stats. You you were here for like a cup of coffee last year, and they just maybe gave you your walking papers. But they got Omar Cruz, too, Omar, who I yeah. think is going to be a half-decent left-handed starting pitcher. And then you flip Lucchese to the Mets right. for right. Andy Rodriguez, who could wind up being a catcher here. And he plays other positions. He's that athletic. Right. He's a utility guy. I they love that Playing trip. all over the place. Yeah. And Musgrove's having a great year. So you're saying if you're San Diego's GM and you see 412 popping up on your caller ID on your cell phone, you should probably just – Send that to voicemail. Send it. I I mean, send it to voicemail. You're not taking that. It's like when the Tampa Bay Rays call the Pirates, right? I mean, we're not taking any more calls from them assholes. No, no. Uh, Myself, I'm a little lukewarm on that trade. I'm not there yet. I I need, for me, I would need Hudson Head or Andy Rodriguez to become something. Become a major league player. Yeah, the way I look at it, I mean, Musgrove still has a little bit of time uh, on Mm -hmm. his. And he's a top 10 pitcher right now. He's 28. I mean, he's a stud right now. 
Uh, you don't trade. To me, I wouldn't trade a, a stud starter for a stud closer. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, because I think you're getting more out of the starter. Now, starters are starters are more of a premium. Mm-hmm. Relievers are too up and down for me. So straight up, which is what it right now is Musgrove for Bednar in the majors. I still think San Diego's mm-hmm. got the lead on that right now. Yeah, right but, now, right. But yeah, Hudson yeah. Head, who struggled a little bit this year, he is definitely the. I mean, when the trade was made, Hudson he Head was the was, guy. He was yeah. the guy. He yeah. was the one that everybody was looking at. He was the high school hitter that mm-hmm. they took in, in, I think, in the second round. And he was a can't miss kind of swing guy. And mm-hmm. it hasn't, the one thing he does have is a high on base percentage. He does strike out a lot and he's got to cut down on the strikeouts. I think he's too selective at the plate. And I think that's been part of his problem. He hasn't been able to gain, gain any traction mm-hmm. with his batting average. But you get six years uh, plus out of Bednar. You get, I think it was two and a half out of Musgrove mm-hmm. till, till he becomes a free agent, which we know the Pirates don't sign those kind of guys. So, I mean, for now, I'd still, I'm still still leaning a little bit to San Diego, but if Head or Rodriguez or, you know, Drake Fellows could have been selling programs <laughs> at the game today, I don't really know, but I, so I'm not going to count Drake him. Fellows. I think we're leaning on Head or Rodriguez. If those two pan out, he might be one of the pierogies. Yeah, he yeah, he might have been. He could he be been. a pierogi. Um, yeah, he then, could be up here. We don't even know about it. Then I would go with the Pirates on that one. What do yeah. you guys think about the tie-on trade? All right, so Jamison Tyone, so for everybody, to remind everybody, Contre- Ronzi Contreras, who's been lights out in the major league, major leagues. Mekul Escado. Very young for high age. Yeah. He just turned 20, 20 so he's right. struggling down there. He really is. He's got some but pop. But he has six home bat. runs. He's got six home runs. He's got some pop in his bat, but he's he's playing way above his level right now. I mean, and he was doing that with the Yankees, so the Pirates had him at um, Bradenton last mm-hmm. year when we brought him over, and – he struggled there a little bit, and then as the season went on, he started to pick it up. So he, he could be an interesting prospect. And then Cannon Smith and the Igba. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think we have the wrong brother there. But, another, another left-handed hitting outfielder. Right, but, um, he he went uh, three for five last night with three RBIs. He had yeah. two doubles. Um, I, 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 we don't know what he, this He may is. be a depth piece. Yeah, at outfield. some point. He may be. I, I don't think he's starting and then we got Neil, by any means. Mc, but I thought – yeah, Uri. this is yeah, the disappointing piece yeah, of the trade right now. Yeah, that's the disappointing piece of the trade is Miguel Uri. Yeah. I mean, he's been – when he came over from New York, he was throwing 95, 96. And then last year, now, I didn't realize he was pitching hurt. And I'm looking at – I don't pay much attention to the radar. I actually wish they would take that off. I wish they would take the radar off the screen so I'm not constantly paying attention to that. But he, he was throwing 89 to 91 mm-hmm. with his fastball and it was starting to worry me. Then he came back this year. He started the season with the Pirates, mm-hmm. and he was throwing 94, 95 again, but he was getting lit up like a pinball machine. I don't know what his ERA was. You have the stats in front of you. I, I, I didn't write them. 1132. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Sometimes, it, yeah, ERA is not necessary. I mean, I know it's a small all, sample but, size, but, I mean, he pitched today for Indianapolis. It is what you're saying. It, it seems that the pitchers in general throughout the system, including at the major league level, but not as much at the major league level, struggle with throwing strikes. I mean – Yuri, when he was up he, in a short period, 10 innings pitch, 10 and a third, six walks. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. Six and that's walks, why four, ZRA's four, like four strikeouts. Yeah. Four yeah. strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six walks to four strikeouts. I mean, we all, I mean, you don't even have to be a good statistician to know that right. sucks. Well, in this trade, in my opinion, this is Contreras for Tyon. Because, yeah. I mean, Tyon, you know, right. had some success here. We know what he's yes. capable of. And we, we see what um, he's doing this year. When if, he's healthy, you, he's a great pitcher. Yeah, if you get a good, if you get the Contreras that we've seen so far, which has been a very, very small sample size, but if, if Contreras becomes sort of your ace or anchor mm-hmm. for the next six-plus years, uh, then this is a win. This mm-hmm. is a win for, for the Pirates no matter what Tyon does because it's all about it's, – it's service time. It's years that you're, you're taking something out of it. Um, Tyon looks like he's, you know, turned a little mm-hmm. bit of a corner upper, but you know, he was up and down here. Mm-hmm. He's been up and down for the Yankees. He got lit up yesterday. Yeah, he got rocked bit. yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then, you, you know, you get, uh, you know, three, again, three lottery tickets. Yari, uh, to me, uh, is that how you say his name? Yari? Yari, Yari. Yuri. Yuri. Yeah, Miguel Yuri. 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 Whatever. I don't think it's going to matter. He, yeah, once so. he pitches good, I'll figure out how to say his name. Yeah. But I mean, him, you know, I, I, I saw some stuff from him last year that makes me think he's a major league baseball pl- a pitcher. What we get out of mm-hmm. him, we'll see. And then the other two are again our lottery tickets, you know. So if you get some, if Contreras turns out to be what it looks like he's going to be, it's a win. Yeah. And then you got three more pieces that can make it an overwhelming win. Right. So. And we got three smaller trades that mm-hmm. I, you know, I I actually was in a conversation with Tom's dad last week, 
and he didn't really how'd that work out it didn't work out real well for me he shut me down real fast but (laughs) he for some reason loved jacob stallings this is another guy like adam frazier Mm -hmm. everybody Love Jacob Stallings. He's a gold glove catcher, but mid, you know, middle of the road stick for a catcher, even. And we know, you know, there aren't many good inning catchers. 30, Jacob Stallings definitely wasn't one of them. Thirty-two year old catcher that's yeah. roughly a, maybe a 240, 245 hitter lifetime. He was clutch. I mean, people remember some of the clutch hits he I had. I like this trade a lot. I think it's yeah. already panned out for Zach Thompson's been really mm-hmm. good after his first three starts weren't very very good. Mm-hmm. I like Kyle Nicholas at Double A. I'm I'm bullish on this guy. Please keep an eye right. on him. And then we got Connor Scott, who was a former first round pick by the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't shown the power in the minor leagues that you like to see from a corner outfielder, but he hits for average. So I, I thought this trade was a good trade. And, and and then you bring up the Clay Holmes thing. And I know everybody's oh, all these ex Pirates are right. pitching with the Yankees. And I, yeah, he's having a fantastic year. The he's their day, closer now for anybody. That he is their know. closer. For now, we're going to see how long right. this lasts. Um, we, uh, then we got Hoy Park and Diego Castillo. I think Castillo has a chance to stick at the major league level and and, and be, I think, a full time starter at some point once he starts to figure mm. out the stick. Yeah, that's not bad. And Hoy Park, we've written off. So, like, it seems like we're we're coming to the same theme with a lot of these trades. It's it's really boiling down to one for one, and then you give a little bonus. So right now, you're right. So if Diego Castillo can become a regular starter at the major league level, then for a relief pitcher, for a relief pitcher you take that every day. Yeah, I mean, to, to Michael's point, I also witnessed my dad's conversations and welcome to my world. I've been on the wrong side of those arguments a few times. And the most annoying thing about him and most dads is that he's usually right. So my problem and his problem, and which is also my problem for the stalling trade, wasn't the trade itself. It was the follow-up plan. I mean, catchers yeah, was, to me right. have become such an important part of the game with the way the game is played now between calling plays, you have a young pitching staff. Framing pitches. You need huge. somebody behind the plate that can kind of hold some of these guys' hands when you're talking about a young staff like this. So I think the frustration with Stallings was this isn't one of those trades where you had you trade Adam Frazier, you have four or five guys behind him that could take that spot. I and mean, when they traded, they have no pitching, they have no catching depth in this in this organization whatsoever. Well, that's how you get that kind of trade with Miami is you're trading it. Uh, that's a premium position, right? So if it right. was a second baseman, you're not going to get these three guys. But, but the problem was that they traded, they traded, they really had one catcher in the top half of the organization. They traded him. They had nobody to back him up for an organization with a young pitching staff and, and getting younger by the day. You know, you sign a guy in Perez, Roberto Perez, who mm-hmm. I like the signing and I, right. I appreciate what he did. Uh, for three weeks, he was that pop he had on his head. But yeah, I mean, but yes, he had an injury history. Right. So what happens now? You're we're charting through catchers now, left and right, and so that was more of the problem that both my dad and I had agree with. And the same thing right. with the, with to your point with the Clay Home straight. If you wind up getting an everyday shortstop for a relief, for pitch, a relief right. pitcher, I don't care unless the relief pitcher turns out to be Trevor Hoffman. Right. I mean, you make that trade every day of the week. Yeah. Now on the flip side. Josh Bell is sent to the Nationals for Will Crow, Will Crow and Eddie Yeen. This one is not looking. Well, I mean, no, it, 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 it's it, not. It, it, I mean, Will Crow's a reliever. He's, he's pitched well. At the time. But you have an, just like we were saying, you have an everyday player who makes an impact in every game. And Josh Bell's having a nice year. He's having a nice year. Um, the power numbers aren't there for but, the first baseman. But, I mean, he's, he's hitting yeah. over 300. And Eddie Yee was supposed to be the guy in the deal that was the right. – that, that was the guy. Because that that was that and that, was, that and was my boy's getting lit up in high A. Uh, yeah, he he's been terrible ever since the trade. I mean, yeah. there hasn't I, I can't even think of one good friggin' outing that this guy's had. I mean, right. that's how bad he's been. He's been god awful. What's his ERA over seven? Seven two. Yeah, I figured it was. Yeah. I knew it was over seven. Not very good. Yeah, and Josh Bell, the Pirates. You know, that's one of those ones where you know maybe in a year later when the DH became a full time thing, maybe they rethink right. that. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to rewrite history. Josh Bell was. Absolutely the worst first baseman I've ever seen in my life. I mean, uh, Yoshi. Yoshi. No, no. Yoshi could throw. Yeah. Josh Bell oh, could throw. <laughs> Josh Bell had the yips. I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, You're you right. could purposely right. get yourself picked off first base. Right. Right. No, and he couldn't throw the second <laughs> base. What are you going to do? Like, you could just stand there like, hey, what are you going to do? Okay, go throw. Come on. Throw it down there. You ain't going to get me. I mean, Josh Bell was I one of those situations about the yips. where yeah. how bad he was at first base. Um, yeah, I could see making that trade. And again, when they traded him, to your point, Eddie Yeen was the guy that was the, you know, the it was Josh Bell yeah. for Eddie Yeen and this guy. Yeah. And, and Will Crows turned out to be just a nice piece. But right. if you get a, if you get a sixth or seventh inning reliever 
for our, uh, everyday first baseman who's yeah, back that, to putting up that's decent the numbers. Trade that looks really bad. That one right there, it's not. Oh, working the Charrington out. That's, not that, that's the worst. Yeah, that's not working out real good. Couple other ones, real quick, and then we'll move on. I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of time here. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, who was the closer at the time, was, was sent to Atlanta. Bryce Wilson and Ricky DeVito. We saw what happened with Bryce Wilson. He's still only twenty three years old. People right. forget he came up at age twenty. Yeah. Um, so he's, so there's still a shot for him. Uh, certainly didn't pitch well this year, and uh, you know a cause for a little alarm there. Uh, and then Ricky DeVito is a high A. Michael you, reliever. Yeah, he's, he's a reliever. You didn't even you didn't put it, you didn't mention him when you were talking about our top prospects. No, he's not in the top thirty. So, um, he's a guy that's probably going to be a middle reliever. Mm -hmm. um, he has a high strikeout rate. Um, another guy with the walks that you know, thirteen walks in twenty five innings. That, that those kind of things alarm me when I'm looking at minor league stats. Those are the kind of things that I look at. Yeah, and then real quick, the last one, and it's worked out for both teams. I mean, this is a great example. Michael, you said this when we were texting back and forth about this idea. Ultimately, each team wants something, wants to gain from the trade. Obviously, they're not trying to help you to the detriment of their team. Right. We send Austin Davis, who we acquired what months before yeah. from Philadelphia, um, for Michael Chavis. Yeah. And Chavis has been at first base. Yeah. If he was six foot three or six foot four, he'd be a gold glove first baseman. That's how athletic yeah. he is at first base. And he has some pop in his bat. Yeah, I know last night he went over four or four Ks, but um, that trade for me, Davis has been a middle reliever for Boston with mm -hmm. a three something ERA. Right. He's just an average pitcher. And we got possibly a full time first baseman right. at some point. So, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you look at it, you know, in summarizing this, I mean, that's 11 trades that Sherrington's made. And, I mean, I think there's really only one, and that would be the Josh Bell trade, that it's an obvious loss. Right. So, I mean, 10 out of 11 where you're either, you know, either treading water or you're, you're gaining. Right. I mean, that's what this organization has to have to be able to get where they're going to go to with this particular Well, it bodes well, right? When we're talking about the, the building a team, that's what you need to have happen, and so far, so good. Throw as much as against the walls you can. Yeah, right. Something's going to stick eventually. Right. Yeah, and I expect to add to this list over the trade deadline. I mean, I hope so. I, I think Quintana's going to go. I think Vogelbach will go. Gamble. Gamble. Gamble, I think, will go if he's back healthy. Even Marisnik, if he's back healthy. Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman, if he's healthy. I mean, there's pieces. I mean, they're not going to be Yoshi. We could trade him. Yeah, Savannah well, Bahan Bananas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to get much out of them. But again, right. you're taking ass. It's asset management. Right. If you can flip them for something, you know, you never know. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. All right. So that was a lot of baseball talk. We're at about 40 minutes into the podcast, and it's been all baseball. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but it is baseball season, so that's fine. Uh, let's transition quickly. We're not going to talk about the Penguins. Not much to report on the Penguins. Um, we'll have a fact or fiction uh, about the NHL playoffs. We'll touch on those. A little bit later, but we wanted to talk about one thing this week when it came to hockey, and that's Logan Cooley. Logan's a local kid out of Bethel Park. By all accounts, he's going to be a top three pick in the NHL draft, which we'll talk more about as we get into July. Um, pretty special. I mean, anytime you see a local kid, regardless of sport, who's going to be you know, selected at this high in their respective sports draft, I mean, as a Pittsburgher, you feel pretty good about it, and you see how far hockey has come in this town. Uh, you know, there's certainly some NHLers that, that are in the league right now. We've talked about a few of them in previous podcasts. Vin, Vinny Trocek, JT Miller, Brandon Saad, uh, Gibson, Johnny Gibson from Baldwin, who's a goalie for the Ducks. And Logan Cooley's going to be the next. Well, you look at where hockey's come since we were in high school, right? I mean, oh. you know, I, I was talking to my buddy Brian Woods, and his son plays uh, for the Penzi Leap. And um, he's right now. That's Logan Cooley is a product of Penn's right. Elite. He's, he's a product of Penn's Elite. And uh, his son, Brian, is in Bowling Green trying out for the 14-15 USA hockey team. If he makes this cut, then he goes to Buffalo for the final cut. Um, Brian, we were talking, and he said in 1990, 200,000 U.S. hockey players across the country. Today, 575,000. So you're seeing yep, right. more people playing, so it's a larger pool. And he said in PA right now, they have 26,000 people or kids yes. in USA hockey right now. And that's where you're getting this influx mm -hmm. of talent. Like we had guys like, what was it, R.J. Umberger? R.J. Umberger from Plum. From Plum. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he was an NHL player. He was one of the first. He was, yeah, he was. You know, and so these guys have led the way for guys like Logan Cooley and, mm -hmm. and your guy that's coming up next yeah, year. Yeah, my buddy Brandon Svoboda, I, I actually coached him in, in deck, and there's a very good chance. He's already committed to Boston University. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's drafted next year early. 
Well, the thing that the NHL, for as much as I knock the NHL, and specifically the Penguins, what they've done is, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, my, there was no bigger hockey fan in the world than my dad. Um, but we just, my dad couldn't, the only one. We, yeah, my dad couldn't afford to, for me to play hockey because it was so expensive. Right. And the equipment was so expensive and ice time was so expensive because there was only a couple rinks around here to be able to go, mm-hmm. to be able to play at. And it was a sport that, you know, we were hardly poor, but I mean, you know, it was, it was more of an mm-hmm. elite sport. You had to have come from a, a place where you had disposable right. income to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And what the NHL and the Penguins have done is that they've made hockey more accessible, starting with Sidney Crosby. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Sidney Crosby every year, um, actually around this time, um, puts out a thing through Dick Sporting Goods where I think it's up to a thousand kids now. He uni- he, he equips head to toe with ice hockey equipment. Mm-hmm. So skates, shin pads, you know, shoulder pads, helmet, stick, all paid for by the by Sidney Crosby and his uh, foundation foundation to mm-hmm. to, to, learn to, to get play. kids learn to play and uh, Logan Cooley is a kid that started in that program and now he's going to be a top one or two pick overall in the, in, the, in the hockey draft and it's hard to believe it I mean I look at Sidney Crosby as a kid and I always <laughs> will because I'm you know 15 years older than him but the fact that he's been here for so long he actually has kids you start to see the tangible benefits of that and the Penguins did a great job with getting rinks built with putting deck you know deck hockey to more people and a lot of people go, well, deck hockey's not hockey, but it's a chance to play the game, learn the rules. And then if you like it, you can take it to the next step and play that. And hockey has done such a great job of getting, just getting people to play that sport. Um, and it's really cool to see. And I'd be curious to see, and Michael, I know this isn't your expertise, but it, I'd be very curious to see over the last 15 years, or even 10 years maybe, if the Western Pennsylvania has produced more professional football or more professional hockey players. That's an, we'll, and we'll have to research to bet, that for next week. I'd be willing to bet that hockey has is, is surpassed football as far as professional, right. not people necessarily playing it. Because, I mean, you look at it, like we just mm-hmm. some of the names and stuff like that. I mean, it's and, just and here's amazing. the thing about it that's amazing to me. These aren't fringe NHL players. No, these, these are, are stars. these are stars, right? Yeah, these yeah. Are I stars. mean, these are guys that are above average at a minimum. Yeah, um, and have had huge impacts on the respective teams they played for, and their names, they're big names. I mean, when you every year the Penguins, we talk about Brandon Sod bringing Brandon Sod back home. Uh, he's had a hell of a career. Had some great years in Chicago. Yeah, he's won Stanley Cup. Yeah, Josh right. Gibson or Josh Gibson, John Gibson is the <laughs> is uh, considered to be top five yeah, goaltender right. in the world. You know, Vinny Trocheck's going to be. We talked about him maybe coming home to the Penguins. He's going to be a top one or two center available on a free agent right. market. JT Miller in Vancouver, JT another great JT Miller is going to be next year's top center right. probably on the free agent market. I mean, these are these are guys, you know, Ryan Malone right. yep, from, right. from here. Uh, R.J. Umberger, who you talked about, was a star for the Philadelphia Flyers for a long time. I mean, yeah, we're not talking about French players. Yeah, we're, we're not talking, talking about, about we're not talking about guys that are, you know, that are just, uh, you know, knuckle dragger, just right. beating them, you know, just the guys showing up fighting and doing all that kind of stuff, so. But, uh, yeah, these are guys that are legitimate stars. Right. It's yeah. exciting for the area. It is. It's, it's great. And, of course, we'll keep you updated uh, as we get closer to the NHL draft. Moving on to the Steelers, I think we have crickets coming out of the south side, which in my Other mind, Tom. space helmets from right, uh, space helmets. Right. Oh, my God. Those are hilarious. Tomlin's walking around wearing one of those things yesterday. But, you know, again, I know everybody likes to take a shot at Tomlin. You know, Tomlin has always been. Oh, I wasn't taking a shot. I think he's no, no, fun not of you. I'm the media. We're yeah. making fun of him, and he looked ridiculous. And why are you doing that? He's doing that because his motto since he's been there is, I'll, "I'm going to suffer with you guys." That's <laughs> why he wears all black, long sleeves. Right. I'm going to be out there sweating with you guys and suffering, just like that's, that's all he's doing is just being one of the guys, being right. one of those guys. Yeah, he's great right My coach has got to wear one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they all look ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I don't. They, right. And exactly. they're talking about it reduces helmet. You know. Brain impact twenty percent. Well, they're, they're in shorts. What what the hell are they hitting? That right. they need to have this thing on their head anyway. So yeah. I don't know. They they look like yeah. they look like well, Moran is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah. They did. Well, and if that's like, the big news coming out of minicamp, yeah, I'm happy about it because otherwise, typically, all you hear about holdouts and injuries. And so we let's stay quiet. As as a fan, you that's should be rooting for yeah. no news coming out of minicamp. That's, that's all you want. So that's all we're going to talk about because that's it. There's no news, like we said. Yeah, so we're moving on. Last practice is tomorrow, right? And then before you know it, I mean, training camp, baby, back at St. Vincent. The dirt to train. Hallelujah. Camp six weeks from. I mean, I just can't believe it's football season again. Did it stop? Did I, I mean? No, they're great. We've at that. done. I mean, this nobody is our does it better. Podcast. Have we not talked about the NFL? Heavy, every single one. Every single yeah. one of them. Yes. 
And that's why they're the NFL. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Michael, NBA. NBA Finals. That's still going on. It's still going on, jackass. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Great series so far. 1-1. 1-1 so far. Yeah, we got got the series tied at 1. Boston wins game 1 with a fourth quarter I've never Mm. seen in the history of the NBA. Uh, Al Horford goes 6 of 8 from three-point range. Derek White goes 5 of 7. Both career highs and threes mm-hmm. made for them. I knew it was. But full. that's not sustainable. And that's, that's what, we what saw. I was telling right. you, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was fool's gold. Mm-hmm. I knew if Boston keeps playing the way they played in these first two games, you guys are right. It's going to be over in six or less. Mm-hmm. Boston can't get in a three point pissing contest with Golden State because they're going to No lose. one's going to win that. No. Now, people will say, well, Boston shot 40% in game two from three. And Golden State shot 40% from three. Boston needs to get downhill and get to the free throw line. Game two, they only shot 17 free throws in the entire game. That's not going to get it done. They need to use their athleticism and their physicality to beat Golden State up. Another thing Boston has to do is eliminate the turnovers. 18 turnovers in game two, you're not going to win an NBA Finals game turning the ball over 18 times. Let me ask you this. So with Golden State, I per- and listen, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I like basketball. I enjoy watching basketball. Golden State with the, the trio of, of course, Steph, Clay, and uh, Draymond. Do they go to, if they win this, which looks like I, I still think they're going to, that could be, they're up there in terms of when you think about all time great, they've stayed together, they've battled through injury. I thought they were done. I thought when Clay went down, they made a miserable year last year. Steph was hurt. I thought they're done. People it's time to move on. Yeah, you're right. People underestimate what they've accomplished there in Golden State, mm-hmm. and they also that's my yeah, thank you. That's they, they, they do. They, yeah. I guess they don't appreciate it while it's going on. Maybe ten years down mm-hmm. the line, people will look back and say, "Wow, that was one hell of a dynasty." In an era when we talk about guys like James Harden, who just says, "Oh, I don't. It's not working out here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm injured." Right. And wanting to move on. These guys stuck it out through a couple mm-hmm. years. They didn't make the playoff. They had their, what was it, the first pick in the draft? That, uh, right. Wiseman. From, Wiseman, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think the, what people are missing, I, the guy that's most underappreciated is Steve Kerr. Yeah. I really think he's a, one hell of a mm-hmm. coach. And he comes from, a, obviously, a coaching tree from Phil Jackson. Right. He played under Phil Jackson. He knows the system. And he mm-hmm. knows how to he knows how to spread the floor. Boston, How many championships did he win with MJ? Do you remember? Three. He won three. He was the second okay. three after the that's baseball right. thing. That's right. That's yeah. right. So he was on that team with Ron Harper. Right. That, yeah. That, that's was, that, that okay. was the second mm-hmm. trio. It's John Paxson's job. That's right. Yes. Just the guy that shoots yeah. the three. Um, if Boston does not figure out how to run Steph Curry off that three-point line, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be it's going to be an ugly series for them. They, and they they can't. What's happening now is yeah, they're the best switching team in, in basketball. But Steve Kerr's getting the switch where Al Horford or Robert Williams is guarding Steph Curry. Now, if you've ever seen a basketball player on roller skates, watch when that happens tonight. (laughs) Because it's funny watching Steph out front isolated against – and Al Horford's a great player. But he's a center. And he's trying to guard Steph Curry, who's one of the best ball handlers and the greatest shooter that ever lived. The switches aren't working. So I don't know what their other option is. But they better figure out a, a different strategy of running him off that line. And Boston has to get to the free throw line. They can't keep relying on shooting three after three after three. Okay. And that's the thing with Curry is, you know, I mean, watching him, it's like you're, it's, it's like you're playing a video game and he's mm-hmm. on easy mode. And he's just chucking him. So if you cover him at the three-point line, he's just going to go back another step. Right. And if you cover him there, he'll just go back one more step. I mean, the dude just – I've never seen anything. And also, Al Horford – I mean, maybe I gave up on basketball too quick because if that form is able to shoot six of eight, I mean, the dude looks. I don't even know what he's what he's doing with his hands. Yeah, it's, his it's, his one arm is parallel is absolutely parallel to the ground. I mean, that's not, that's not how you do that. No, when I coach young kids to shoot, I'm I'm not showing them videos of Al Horford. I had great it's, form. Maybe I gave up. Maybe I should have shot like Al Horford. Yeah. <laughs> might might, might help to go in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, on to. Uh, our last two closing segments for this week's show. Fact or fiction? Big news. Not big. I mean, I hate to give this guy any more news, but uh, another woman came out and filed a, a claim against Deshaun Watson. Uh, listen, Ben was suspended for six games, ultimately cut back to four 
for his indiscretions. This guy, there's now what, 28 women that have come forward? I've lost track. I, I mean, it's, it's just every day there's a new one. 24, and whatever. I think 25 okay. is rumored to be happening right. soon. So, NFL, it's make your decision. I mean, the fact or fiction is he'll be suspended for the entire season. Tommy? I'm going to say fiction, but not as, not as bravely or not as confidently as I would have said a couple weeks ago. I think the NFL, and specifically Roger Goodell, are just begging for this to go away. Um, I, you know, I don't think. Well, that's they, my point. Suspend him for the year and just move on from. I, I don't think they want to do anything to him um, because if they would have, if they really wanted to do something, I mean, twenty two was enough. We got to wait till twenty four. I mean, what are we waiting for here? Um, yeah, but he actually had sixty six different women give him massages, so he's still less than fifty okay. percent. Mm. Well, so, I mean, the, what, what the, happened to the rest of them? What the, well, I just, mean, why haven't they come out? Right, yeah, sixty six. What the hell is this guy doing? I know. Well, the other thing news, and that's out. my whole point is Ben went to the bar a couple times and did some things. Whatever, if it's true, who knows? That's all alleged. He never was charged for anything. But no, two and women, not, not right. Two compared women to what's happening never here, charged, never, never anything. And he got suspended yeah. six games and and will ultimately serve four. I mean, this is twenty four women. I mean, I have a hard time believing that Goodell could say that there was twenty four women that you know. What are you going to say? They're all lying, right? I mean, you have to do something, but I don't yeah. know what. I really don't. Um, and I think to your, it has to be. They, they got. They have to do something soon. This is just ridiculous. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if Goodell was just waiting for the maybe that the numbers stop. But I mean, if you would have if you would have suspended them last year for a year mm-hmm. for twenty two and then two more come on, I mean, how long do you keep on going? So uh, the scumbags in this are a Houston Texans are now starting to sound a little yeah. bit like. Maybe they made this a little easy for Deshaun to do, and and that the Houston, disclosure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Houston, you know, might be coming out looking pretty crappy in this as well. And you know, the Browns and the Browns, are, of course, the Browns are just you know, the Browns. just a the garbage Browns, yeah. organization with a garbage owner. But I mean, this deal where they guaranteed him the money and all. I mean, it's just looking but worse okay. and worse by the day. So fiction. Okay. Yeah, I. I it should be fact, but it's not going to be. It's going to be fiction. Um, he'll probably get four to six games, and and that'll be it. And um, that's that would be absurd. Well, that's what it's it, more. Than we talk likely. about consistency. We've used that word here. You got to be consistent. You I do. Mean, but ben I, gets four. And you're going to give him four? Yeah, he Come might on. get six, and I, you know, on the high end, it might be eight, but it won't be a full season. That I think. Was four, I think it, Twelve years ago, before the Me Too movement right, right. and everything Great that's going point. on yes. with the NFL. Trying to be, you know, more proactive in, in women's causes mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm I mean, going to say fact because I want it to be fact. <laughs> so maybe I can wish it into wish existence. I'm just going to say, wish it into yeah. existence. All right, uh, another football question. We talked Stefan to it retired. Quiet on that front. Steelers haven't done anything yet. And I don't think anybody expected them to. But fact or fiction, the Steelers will add another defensive lineman before the start of the season. Yeah, that's fact. I, I think that uh, they might get sued. Um, he's still out there. He would fit perfectly in a rotation there. I don't think he can play full-time at 34, 35 years old anymore. But, yeah, they're going to add some depth at some point. If it's not Sue, it'll be somebody else. So that's definitely a fact. I'll say fact as well, but I will say fact that it will be during training camp. I do not think it will be before. I mean, I looked at their 90-man roster. I mean, I think there's 11 players that that took snaps or were – in the rotation last year, um, I think they're going to try to give Loudermilk, who who supposedly gotten bigger and he's in his second year. Um, I think they're going to try to do some kind of rotation with Loudermilk and Warmly, where Loudermilk leans towards the running side and Warmly mm-hmm. runs to the to the rushing the passer side, and hoping that Alawalu stays healthy. Um, so I, I think they're going. I don't think they're going to do anything before camp, but I think they're going to get into camp, realize that they need another body sign somebody during camp so fiction that it's before the season starts mm-hmm. but i don't i think it'll be in camp i agree fact i, I agree the same thing um here's a fascinating story to me this week and you don't even necessarily need to be a huge golf fan um for this to pique your interest but for those of you that don't know there's a, a rival golf tour that's starting this year it's called liv it's funded by the saudi arabia public investment fund with that just think about that for a minute um but they've created a golf series to compete with the pga and i gotta tell you with the names now that are resigning from the pga and moving over to the liv this could be a serious threat fact or fiction 
um, you've already heard my answer pretty much. Um, the LIV Golf Series will pose a serious threat to the PGA. Here's some of the names. DeChambeau, DJ, Dustin Johnson. We're, I mean, we're talking about champions here. We're talking about guys that have won big on the tour. Phil Mickelson, a ton of controversy around him. Kevin Na, Patrick Reed, who I can't stand, so I'm glad he's leaving the PGA. Sergio Garcia, who's on the tail end of his career. So, But Charles Schwartzel, who seems like he's in every major. And my man, Louis Louis, Louis Wiesthausen. Oosthausen. I, Louis Oosthausen. Sorry, Louis. I say it's fiction, and it, this reminds me a little bit of the USFL upstart league in the mid-'80s. You talk about the big names, Jim Kelly, mm-hmm. Reggie White, um, Mike Rozier. Now, they were all college guys no. coming up. Now, with these guys that have signed up for this league, they better get their money up front because they might not see it on the back end. So it, it, it's going to be hard to push the PGA out. Mm-hmm. So I say fiction, and I hope it's fiction because you know where this money's coming right. from from the Saudi Arabia is, is, is a, a, it's a little bit questionable to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say fiction as well for two specific reasons. One, um, they don't have a TV deal. This is all done. This their their first games and things like that. At least in the in the United States, the way I've read it is going to be through YouTube and things streaming. Like that. Yeah. So it's going to be streaming. So there's no. It, the casual golf fans are not going to be able to turn on NBC or CBS on Saturday afternoon. Great point, Tony. Yep. So that's one. And TV two, rules all. And number two is Tiger Woods. Wherever Tiger Woods plays, that's where the that's what the eyes are going to be, and that's where the sponsors are going to be. And um, so I'm going to say fiction that if you don't have a TV deal in the United States and you don't have Tiger, you don't have crap in golf. So yep. I'm going to say fiction. Get your money up front. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, we revisit the Pirates. We, we talked a lot about them, so fitting that our last back to fiction will be on the Pirates. You talk, They have a what could be a very miserable, miserable swing coming up here. Nine games, what nine games in eight days? Cardinals and Braves uh, over on fact or fiction. Pirates will win three. I say it's fact. They seem to play better against the better teams. Um, so you're saying they're going to win more than three? They haven't seen Atlanta yet. Mm-hmm. And um, special guest cups. Here he comes. The oh, dog here, just here came into the, the podcast. He's really in. excited to see me. Um, no, I, I say it's fact. I think the Pirates will win three at least of those okay. nine games. Um, I just think they play better against. They do for, a better yeah. competition for whatever reason. Yeah. The number was three. Three. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say oh, that's a tough one. This is why I don't three gamble. Three and six. Yeah. Why I don't gamble. Um, I'm going to say over. I'm, I'm going to say well, I'm, at least three. I say they're going to win four. Uh, I'm going to say fiction. I, okay. I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose. Uh, I hate to say, but I, I think they're going to. I think if they get one win out of Atlanta and one win out of San, first of all, they never play well, right? In St. Louis, it seems like. Um, and I don't like the. I don't like the the young kids are all seeming like they. I didn't like their approach these last couple games. So, yeah. um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Fiction that they will win two two games out of these next nine. Okay. Any closing rants, guys? Yeah, I got one. You okay. know, my pet peeve is when grown men wear jerseys mm-hmm. of guys that are younger than them. Drives yeah, me I saw a grown ass man wearing a Kenny Pickett jersey on Facebook. Yeah, yesterday. just I mean, it, no it, one loves Kenny more than I do, but I'm, yeah, I'm never going to wear I'm his jersey. Wearing, I'm not wearing another man's jersey. But something that drives me even more crazy is I don't know if you guys seen it last week, but. Starling Marte in City Field hit a home run to right center field, and a guy reached over the railing with a hundred foot drop with a baby oh, and yeah, caught the home run. Now he should have been arrested on the spot for child endangerment. Right. What the hell was that? He guy was being cheered. He was cheered for an eight dollar baseball. He got interviewed by four television stations afterwards, and his quote was, "I knew I wasn't going to have enough time to put the baby down." What? If somebody married this asshole, I would have filed for divorce as soon as this happened. What the hell was this guy yeah, thinking? Unbelievable. I, that guy should never be allowed in a baseball stadium again. He tried to catch an $8 baseball over a railing. He could have dropped the baby 100 foot to death. What the hell was he thinking? I, I just, you just shake your like You wonder. And people, and click, people cheer, cheer. And he got interviewed by four television stations. I, th- it was a hell of a catch. I'll give him that. But well, Father's Day is coming up, so happy friggin' Father's, Father's Day, Day, jerk off. 
Well, I could have I could have a lot of rants today. Uh, the hundred and ten dollars to fill my gas tank up could be a rant. We, we were ranting about that before we went uh, on air. My an umpire and my association that I'm associated with for softball got assaulted, but since we're doing oh, umpire geez. talk next week, we'll okay. we'll save that for how grown grown ups deal with umpires and and why there are no umpires in this world anymore. We'll deal. We'll save that for next week. But I, my it, it's more of a I don't know if it's a question or a pet peeve, but you know when I was growing up in baseball, um, when you were pitching. When you were in the stretch specifically and you came to a set, that was it. You came to a set, you stopped, and then you threw the ball. Well, now every time I watch baseball, you know, these pitchers, they all got the shakes. They come to a set and then they'll take a, like a half step with their foot or they'll twitch with something or C- they'll do this. Cantana. What yeah, the hell? When did that become okay? That now we just, you know, everybody does it. Everybody's got mm-hmm. at least. You know, they, they set and then they then they take another step or they reset again or they restep again. And you wonder why these games, you know, everybody rips on the pitcher on the batters. You know, they gotta get out and they gotta adjust their gloves and no more Garcia Perro used to go through the whole, you know, up, you know, all the oh, yeah, you know, yeah. touching this and touching that. But the pitchers are just as bad. I don't understand when you come to a set how you get away with the toe tapping or the extra stretch or you come to a set, then you stretch again or do whatever. So you know, I, you know the batters get a bad a bad rap for taking a lot of this time. But if the pitchers would just come to a set, stay still and throw the ball, we'd save a lot of time too. So it's just just something to keep your eye on when you watch it. Watch how often it happens. And that it was a balk twenty years ago. Right. Now yeah, nobody now seems to. Yeah. Now there, yeah, I, that's gone away. I, I don't couldn't even tell you the last time I saw a balk in a game. To be honest, how about a pitch out? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a pitch yeah. out. Well, no one steals. Huh. So oh, that's a good point. All right, mine's real quick. Uh, Major announcement. I wouldn't say major. Just an announcement on uh, our friend DK Pittsburgh Sports website Saturday. Uh, take a look. If you're not a subscriber, I highly recommend. Tommy's talked about DK a, a bunch. Um, there's no doubt he's the dean of sports writers in this town. Long-time subscriber. Yeah, same here. First day from the first day he launched uh, August back eight years ago. Um you know, yeah, if you're not a subscriber and you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, shame on you. Um, so anyway, announcement on his site Saturday um, that's directly tied to our podcast. So uh, take a listen or take a, you know, go to his site on uh, thir- Saturday and, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that next week. And also, you know, just as a, on Twitter, DK at PittsburghSports.com or it's at, at DK Pittsburgh at Sports. At DK Pittsburgh Sports. Yeah. You can follow him on Twitter and all his, you know, writers and things like that. But you can follow him on Twitter and uh, he usually gives you, especially when uh, he's got some news or things like that, sometimes he'll send out a free link to be able to click right. into the site and take yeah. a look around and stuff like that. So follow him on Twitter um, at DK Pittsburgh Sports. And that will, I think it's DKPGH Sports. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Search and, uh, him, you'll find yeah, it. Yeah, search him yeah, on Twitter, DK, you'll find yeah. him. And it's, a, it's a good follow. He's got uh, – it's all Pittsburgh-based. And he's and, very entertaining. Like, during games, he'll he'll tweet out his thoughts. Yeah. Like, today's part yeah, of the game, he was shy. so frustrated. Yeah, he's not shy He was so frustrated He's definitely – one thing you can call – you cannot call DK as a homer. Right, no. Uh, he, he, he knocks the local guys. He yes. calls it like he sees it. Yeah, exactly. Big news on Saturday. Check it out on his – Twitter page. All right. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you listening. We, we let off today's podcast thanking a bunch of folks. Keep the comments coming. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're seeing you know a nice increase in the number of listeners every week. Uh, so, yeah, continue to share. Share with your networks. Um, and it, it means the world to us, and it helps us continue to grow. So we can actually upgrade our equipment that we're using um, and become official podcasters with nice equipment and everything that we do. So... Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.